We try hard things. THT, the endurance kings. THT, we're here to inspire. THT, your stories are fire. All right, welcome everybody back to the Try Hard Things podcast. This is Chris Jones, your host, joined shortly here by my co-host, Seth Brazier. This is the much-anticipated second episode. I know we've kept our audience salivating for long enough, right? It's been... Too long, I think, yep. Too long, yeah. So we've gotten millions of emails and... A little bit of hate mail, maybe even a couple of death threats. Um, if we didn't get things started again, but we're we're back. And uh, Seth, how are things out in Visalia? Uh, we are doing good out here. Um, Visalia is staying strong, uh, keeping away from each other, and fighting off this coronavirus. Very nice. So what? Uh, First of all, let's kind of kind of recap the last. I guess it's been a couple of weeks since we last talked. What things have kind of progressed with with COVID and the social distancing and some of the mandates from governors? Uh, what uh, how's that affected you guys? And what have you been up to during the COVID time? Well, basically, the shelter in place is still going on. The stay at home orders. Uh, we are still able to go outside, which is nice to go on a run or a bike uh, ride or a walk. So we haven't gotten that far where we can't do that yet. Um, work is going okay. We're I'm still working a bit, um, but it's slowed down because I don't see patients if they don't need to be seen at this time. Um, family's doing well, so we're hanging in there. How about you guys? Good, good. Yeah, everybody's uh, safe and sound. Um, Definitely, uh, it's impacted things here um, in terms of work at uh, Endurance Foot and Ankle. Again, Try Hard Things is brought to you by Endurance Foot and Ankle, our premier sponsor. Um, Yeah, so things have slowed down quite a bit as, as most of our services here are pretty non-essential and new business, uh, mostly seeing new patients. So that's had quite an effect on us here. And most of the businesses down here in, in my area are pretty much shut down other than the real essential ones. So it's been weird. It's kind of, kind of eerie going out and went to Costco the other day and gotten the big line outside, letting people in, you know, 10, 20, 50 people at a time, whatever. And everybody's six feet apart. 70% of people are wearing, wearing masks and everybody just kind of looks at each other funny. And they got the plexiglass up at the registers and went to seven, went to seven 11 the other day. And I couldn't even, couldn't even get my own Slurpee. Um, (laughs) So, you know, it's, you know, it's a crisis when you can't get your own Slurpee. That is true. Um, that would be, I know for you, your Slurpees are, are a big thing. So uh, I'm sorry about that sacrifice you have to make. 
I do. I take my Slurpees seriously. <laughs> Although I would have to say that uh, people have been fairly positive. Um, I did have a, a gentleman the other day, um, just random guy came up to me. I was in my scrubs, um, came up to me and said that he, uh, every time he sees a person in scrubs, he, he looks at him with the same admiration as he does with uh, people in uniform. And he thanked me for still fighting against the virus and, and things like that. Uh, even though I'm not directly related to the coronavirus uh, patients, I told him that, but he he still said thank you, and it's kind of a nice a nice uh, thing for him to say. Oh, I thought you were going to say you just you just ran with it, took the credit. <laughs> I should have, yeah. Should have told them you were in the ICU, working sixteen hour shifts, hadn't seen your family in months. Yeah, that would have been a better story, I guess. yeah i've had a couple people uh who was it i think it was my niece she was working at chick-fil-a um she told me that they were at her chick-fil-a they'd given anybody any healthcare workers you bring your id and you get free 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 food so she kept telling me to come in and show my id and but i couldn't i couldn't uh stoop to that level i didn't feel worthy of free chick-fil-a when i'm not on the front yeah. lines so. yeah costco did a thing where you can cut in line if you're a healthcare worker but i still haven't done that yet and i don't think i will <laughs> <laughs> well on that note on the on the uh um topic of coronavirus again i'm sure you've been getting asked this by all our um followers every day can podiatrists treat coronavirus? No. How would you answer that? <laughs> <laughs> so I did read an article. I think I sent you that link that the New York Post, uh, a couple of French podiatrists are stating that there's some early symptoms in your feet with coronavirus. Uh, they call them blister-like lesions, similar to measles. However, it's not really accurate, and I don't think that everyone needs to be rushing in with any type of foot um, abnormality and think it's a uh, coronavirus related. So, so as you for have now, not... I don't. Sorry, go ahead. Uh, as for now, I don't. I don't think uh, you know podiatrists will be treating coronavirus anytime soon. So you have not diagnosed any cases of coronavirus via foot or toe blisters uh not yet um i have diagnosed hiv once with a toe blister so you never know okay okay yeah we're saving lives we can we can save lives too podiatrists we can that's true yeah well good um yeah i did have a, a a friend was texting with my wife and she was asking if i knew how to intubate um Intubation, for those who don't know, is, you know, what you do basically to place the ventilator. Um, and, uh, yeah, apparently in New York, I think, especially, or maybe it's only in New York that they're offering, I think, big bucks for, you know, providers, uh, nurses. Yeah, I actually had. They're paying crazy money, you know, room and board and everything like that, travel and yeah, other, nurse other providers. I had a nurse practitioner got offered a job out there. I think there's like you know, 500 bucks an hour or something crazy like that to go out and, and work out there. Yeah, that's crazy. 
yeah, I think this was 13, was it 13 grand a week or something wild like that for nurses? I can't remember. So it's a pretty, pretty big number. So mm -hmm. kind of keeping with that topic. Uh, so, you know, with everybody kind of indoors and races being canceled or postponed, um, what have you been up to as far as uh, training goes? I mean, it's it's been tough. I know for me, uh, usually we have kind of these 12, 16-week, whatever, training blocks that we prepare out from a race and uh, not knowing when any of these races are going to actually take place. All that's kind of put on hold and kind of having to re revamp our whole training schedule. What is What does that look like for you? Yeah, so mine's been kind of random. Um, I've been doing a couple challenges, I guess, that have been circulating around the uh, social media. Um, Zwift has some races um, that you can do online. So Zwift is an online application that you can use to um, cycle or run indoors on a treadmill or a smart trainer. And they've held some some races there that I've been doing. Uh, basically, though, nothing too um, structured. Uh, I do want to get back into a little bit structure. I think uh, for the past month, I've just been doing random uh, training. I was listening to a, a podcast by uh, Purple Patch yesterday. And uh, ha shout out to Purple Patch. Um, and uh, the Matt Dixon uh, was, was stating how it's important to uh, get a little structure in, but also have some time to enjoy uh, training, enjoy endurance um, work, workouts, and enjoy just being out there and going on a run, not worrying about time or distance, just going out there and enjoying the, the process of, of running or cycling. Yeah, that's, that's kind of what I've... Um approach I've taken and I guess I've kind of struggled as well at the same time just you know not going out and just getting kind of garbage junk miles they call them uh, you know making them still meaningful purposeful um, but what I really loved is just being able to go out and not really feel the pressure of training I guess the you know, having to hit a certain mark or a certain intervals or, and just, mm -hmm. we've had some amazing weather up here in, um, in the Seattle area. So it's been really nice. Uh, just there's nowhere more beautiful when it gets, you know, nice and sunny, it's a pretty great place to ride and to run. And so that's been yeah. pretty special. Yeah. Another great thing about it is, um, you know, when you're training for a specific race, everything is focused on that you don't really test yourself until the actual race. And sometimes on that time where you test yourself, the race day, you, you end up having a bad day. So it's kind of nice, um, no pressure and going out there and just trying something new, something hard. Um, not worried about, um, how is this going to fit into your training regimen? Not worrying how about, you know, anything other than just going out there and giving it your all and, and no one's there to really put pressure on you to do it. Yeah, that's that's been pretty sweet. Um, yeah, so Seth and I actually did. Well, we kind of did a couple. What you know, Iron Man had these virtual challenges, 
I think one weekend they had a, what was it, run a 5K, then do a, a half Ironman bike course, 56-mile bike, and run a half marathon. Was that the first weekend? Yeah, that was the first one. And then the, the second sec- one this last weekend was a 5 or 3K, 40K bike, and a 10K run. Yeah. Sound right? Yeah, that was last week so yeah that that was kind of cool to go out there and i've never i had never personally uh i don't think i'd ever run like a timed time trial kind of 5k i've definitely never i think i've done like some turkey trots and some silly you know nothing serious where i was trying to run hard some local 5ks but this was the first time i ever ran like a time trail trial type 5k and i was kind of surprised by uh what i was able to do so that was kind of cool and then same thing with the we did the 3k and the 10k and same thing on the bike was kind of cool to see kind of where our fitness is at and where we need to improve still yeah it was fun um i think the main thing with the online races that you have to be careful of is just worry about racing yourself there's a lot of people that unfortunately i don't think are most honest with that type of stuff. And so <laughs> as long as you know, one guy, I think uh, he averaged 35 miles per hour for the 25. Right, yeah. <laughs> I don't know how accurate World that is. record holder. <laughs> exactly. But uh, just to, you know, do it against yourself, see what you can do your, yourself. Um, when we did it this last weekend, we did it back to back to back instead of, you know, doing a, 3k here and then right waiting the next day and doing the bike we did it all back to back and and that was fun experiment to see what we had left at the end for that uh 10k run which i think yeah that was that was pretty brutal well there's there's a longer story than than that i think uh well seth definitely beat me on the 3k that was both i think we both did that on the treadmill correct yep yeah and we used whiffed uh which seth talked about you have a little avatar that runs for you, kind of um, calibrate your shoes or your treadmill with a, this WIF program. Anyway, uh, but yeah, I couldn't hold a really good pace on that treadmill. I think Seth beat me by a minute or two on the 3K. And then the uh, 40K bike, that was uh, that was something else. That was pretty brutal. Um, I think I just beat Seth by maybe a minute or so. Um, we both rad, rode a really flat course on Zwift and I had to really push a lot of power for, it was about an hour, I think it took, an hour and one minute, hour and two minutes, something like that. Yeah, a little over an hour. For 40K, which is 24.8 miles technically. Um, and then, uh, yeah, we hopped off the bike, took a little break to get something to eat basically and then went on the 10K run outside. And you did your run outside as well, right? Yeah. Yep. Outside. Yeah. And so, see, Seth had already done all this before me, so I knew exactly what times I had to beat. That was the advantage I had, right? So <laughs> he didn't know, you know. But uh, so I thought he had run like a 42-minute something, 42, 43-minute 10K, which I know he can run a lot faster than, than that anyway. Uh, but after doing a 3k and a 40k bike that's a big big ask uh i was i was letting you catch back up after that run the first time <laughs> <laughs> so yeah i uh 
I was on track, I think, to just just uh, come in before him, and uh, my watch gave me the low battery signal pretty early on in my run, so I didn't think I was actually going to get it recorded, so it wasn't going to be a valid um, time. DQ. And uh, I was literally, I knew, I know my watch pretty well. It had given me like three signals that it was going to die, and I was sprinting down the final tenth of a mile, essentially. So I was going like sub six minute, which for me, that's fast uh, pace. And uh, I looked down, it hit 6.2, which is a 10K. And I hit the stop button on my watch. And right when I hit the stop button, it went off, of course. I didn't see the time at that time. But when I went to plug it in, it recorded to Strava. And it was, it some, for some reason, jumped back in time, like point tenth of a mile or something. So I only got 6.0 six or something like that but i think i was on pace to just just come in a little quicker than you well you know the story though if strava doesn't record it it doesn't exist that's right that's correct <laughs> yeah yeah so anyway yeah so that's been fun kind of having these weekend challenges kind of give us a distraction from the monotony and the kind of groundhog day nature of uh covid life so. yeah i highly rec recommend these uh virtual I, I wouldn't recommend paying for them i know a lot of them want you to pay like 30 or 40 bucks i think that's kind of ridiculous that's insane yeah but uh if you get on you know zwift or other things and you can find one that you can uh you can do for free i recommend them. they keep your motivation up pretty good yeah I, I did another race this morning just for the fun of it and and pretty much bonked, but uh, it was a fun little experience. <laughs> yeah, those Zwift uh, cycling races are pretty, they can be pretty brutal. We're not, uh, I've, I've determined I'm not built for those. I'm built for <laughs> endurance, not short sprint races. Yeah, it was, it was tough. Held on for about three miles and then it was over. Brutal. All right, so we have, an, we have a, a segment we hope to keep up um every every episode here that we're gonna we're gonna call our quote of the day or it could be thought of the day quote of the day quote of the day hey 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 this is the quote of hey 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 what do you say let's all hear the quote of the day um so this week's Quote of the day, I was kind of browsing through Instagram and came upon someone's, uh, I don't know, some triathletes post and they wrote uh, this quote from Abraham Lincoln, which is, give me six hours to chop down a tree and I will spend the first four hours. Oh, sorry, I misquoted him already. Give me six hours to chop down a tree and I will spend the first four sharpening the axe. Which I really love. I like that. Pretty nice, right? Um I don't know. I don't. I don't know how I can how well I can relate to that quote. I mean, uh, I don't know who gives someone six hours to chop down a tree, um, but uh, maybe I maybe that's how long it takes to chop down a tree. I don't know. Have you ever chopped down a tree, Seth? Um, I don't think so. No. <laughs> um. So, I'd imagine it takes two hours. Yeah, according to Abe, if you have a really sharp axe, about two hours. 
Um, so, you know, what I get out of this is when, when we talk a lot about, you know, trying hard things, I think we can get caught up in just going out and doing something crazy, right? Going out and, uh, you know, running a marathon on a treadmill. You know, some moron that would do that, you know? I don't know who would do that ever. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, and I and I kid here, right, about Seth running a, a marathon on a treadmill. That's a pretty amazing feat. But the thing about it is Seth didn't, uh, you know, he didn't go from couch to treadmill marathon, right? Um, that's a hard thing, but that's also kind of a dumb thing. And we don't want to get uh, kind of mixed up in in encouraging people to try dumb things. Um, and I think that's where this quote comes in is, is really, you know, when we talk about, um, you know, running a, a treadmill marathon or, you know, climbing a mountain on a bike, whatever it may be, um, while that is a very hard thing, the, the hard things really came in the preparation. So, you know, the hours of, of, of training and intervals and, you know, real structured, hard work, uh, strength training, um, sleep, diet, you know, just discipline. That's where the hard things come in. And I think that's kind of what uh, Abe's referring to here is before we go out and try something difficult, challenging, uh, let's make the necess necessary preparations. And uh, so, yeah. What do you think, Seth? No, I agree with that. Um, I think the hard, the hard thing is, you know, in the gets gets caught up in all the minutia of training, I guess. Um, the hard thing is getting up, you know, every day if you're an early riser to go out and train, or just getting that um, specific workout you have done the day. I remember um, training for my recent marathon where I qualified for Boston. I had a ten mile tempo schedule for Thursday. And I think I was on call at the hospital and I was busy, uh, had an early morning surgery. So I wasn't able to get up that early to do it. And, and I think it was around nine or 10 o'clock at night. So let me interrupt um, you there. So like, okay. podiatrists take call at the hospital. What, do you oh. have, do you have <laughs> a toenail or bunion emergencies? Uh, yeah. Some, some big toenails. I got a clip in the OR. <laughs> no. Uh, yeah. We take call. Um, Actually, there's pretty quite a bit of controversy around that, but uh, we do deal with a lot of infections with uh, diabetics, especially uh, require different levels of amputation or um, just cleaning up, getting rid of the infection. So maybe podiatrists are doctors. Well, I don't know. I'm still debating still up that. For debate. <laughs> I'm okay not being a doctor, though. <laughs> Same here. All right, go ahead. I interrupted. Sorry. No problem. So, uh, yeah, I think at nine or 10 o'clock at night and, um, I was, you know, I, I thought, hey, I'll just do it another day, but I finally got the, I guess, determination. I don't know what you call it to get out there and do it. And, and I was able to, to run the 10 mile tempo and, um, that to me is the, is the hard things is that not the actual race where I ran, you know, under Boston qualifying time, but it was the time spent training for that and making time to fit in those tough runs and consistently getting in 
the workouts day in and day out. Sharpening the axe. As it exactly as old Abe would say. Except for except for the four hours that Abraham Lincoln took, it, it takes us several weeks to months to sharpen our axe for a three well, anywhere from a two hour to you know ten hour race, whatever we're doing. Right, right. So that's the message for um our listeners is uh make sure you sharpen that axe. Make sure you put in the Put in the due diligence and uh, perfect your skills beforehand. So don't go out and just try dumb things. Uh, try hard. Try hard <laughs> things. Having perfected you, your skills beforehand. Go ahead. Or you can buy a chainsaw and just cut it down in <laughs> ten minutes. <laughs> yeah, just kind of like Zwift, right? You can get on these virtual races and just lie about your weight and and right. cheat your way through everything. Yeah. Right? So go out and buy the top bike and top wetsuit and you're, you're golden. That's right. Or who was the lady that wasn't there a lady that uh, took a cab in the Boston marathon or something like that? Or was it a guy? Yeah. There's always, there are all those, those stories where people take cabs and, yeah. or stay in. Yeah. So, so anyway, so that is our quote of the, of the day or of the week. I guess it's, well, of the episode, of the episode. Maybe? Well, that sounds a little funny, but we'll try that. Quote of the episode. It does. I don't know. Quote of the time. Let's hear that catchy jingle one more time. Quote of the day. Quote of the day. Hey, 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 this is the quote of Hey, 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 what do you say? Let's all hear the quote of the day. So the next segment we want to introduce is something we also hope to do each week, uh, which is what was your hard thing of the week, whether it's with a guest or just Seth and I will discuss what our hard thing of the week was. Insert Michael Scott joke there. But anyway, kidding aside, um, it could be something... Uh, endurance related or not related so Seth you want to kick that off for us you want to talk about your hard thing of the week yeah so um, just thinking about this now actually this was today I was supposed to be leaving on a plane on a jet plane do you want to put that into um, for <laughs> into your baritone for all you Elton John <laughs> going to uh, Boston yeah for the Boston Marathon um, so my hard thing is, you know, thinking about that, thinking how that was postponed, um, and just realizing that, you know, adversity comes up, you know, we put in all this training Well, I put in all this training for the marathon and different races and, and kind of thinking about how I can look at how, um, to react to that. I can either say, oh man, just such a waste. I, I wasted these months of training and now I don't get to to shine at my my certain event, which is the Boston Marathon. But instead, looking at it like in a more positive outlook, um, thinking you know I did all this training, I'm that much better at you know endurance or or whatnot, and uh, use that to build upon and to continue on on my journey to continue in endurance sports, um, and using it as a positive 
and just keep going forward and keep trying hard things. Excuse me. Let me grab a tissue here. I'm getting choked up. It's a very tough, tough time right now. <laughs> no, that's nice. Yeah. Um, I think a lot of us can relate, you know, having missed uh, or having missed or going to miss, you know, big races that we've had on the calendar for a long time. Um, for me, my hard thing has been a little more work life related, you know, just, uh, I've had a hard time. I think this week, a couple days got up and basically this is what I hear every time I get up. So hopefully you guys recognize that track from one of the greatest films ever made, Groundhog Day. But yeah, so every morning just feels kind of the same. Uh, I kind of have the same routine uh, with the with yeah. uh, the wife and the baby, and and normally I should be going into work and seeing patients, and that just hasn't been happening lately. And had this kind of you know, grand plan for this business and thought things were going to be really taking off at this point or starting to progress and just haven't seen that happen, obviously, with uh, what's happened with coronavirus. And uh, so, you know, I think what I've learned from that is, um, you know, you just can't, you just can't plan on everything happening uh, the way you anticipate. Um, and, uh you got to be okay with that. You've got to be able to adapt and uh, make other plans and um, find things to be optimistic about and positive about because there's still a lot in life that is great and wonderful and uh, still a lot to look forward to. And like they say, you know, this too shall pass, right? Uh, ultimately, this will be a distant yeah. memory and we'll kind of laugh about it. Um, well, not everybody will laugh about it. It's a serious matter for some, but, um, it is. Yeah. So yeah, that's kind of been my, uh, hard thing of the week. So, so yeah, I've been, uh, actually just the other day on my run, I, I always like to think about how endurance related, um, challenges can transfer over to, you know, real world situations and, uh, thoughts been coming to my mind, um, about being optimistically patient. So in endurance sports, we need to be patient with our training. We need to trust the process of training um, and be patiently waiting for months and months until that race day comes. And we need to be optimistic that that training will pay off during race day. And just like in life, I think that optimistic patience, you know, we need to be patient through difficult times but yet still look at things optimistically that they will get better, that we will be able to, you know, achieve the, the, whatever goals we have set out, as long as we're doing our part during that time, patiently working towards that goal. Amen. Preach. That's very good. <laughs> That's right. I could preach all day. So, um, so that's our hard things of the week. Um, Hopefully we can get you on here soon to, when I say you, I'm speaking to um, 
what is it 10 10 million Our listeners 10 million viewers. listeners now is that what we're up to yeah about that yeah um yeah so hopefully we can hear from you guys in the near future what your hard thing has been um maybe we should give them what can we give our viewers a or our listeners <laughs> our listeners an opportunity to share their hard things yeah where um we have our instagram page where you can share a little bit about your hard things um, how do they how do they get how do they gonna, get on our instagram page besides so besides the ten thousand dollar deposit Oh, that's true. Um, they need to email us at tryhardthings at gmail.com. That's tryhardthings um, a, at gmail.com. No spaces, no hyphens, no yes. dashes, nothing. No nothing, okay. yep. With their amazing stories, and if it makes our stringent um, criteria, then, then they will be on it. <laughs> and, you have, and, and you have to have at least 10,000 followers. Oh, at least, yeah. No, but yeah, seriously, send us your stories. Um, we'd love to spotlight you. And we do have plans to bring some more on the podcast. We have about three or four commits so far. Thousand commits, sorry. Um, so we're going to take it off from there. Yeah. And if, and if you know someone, you know, everybody knows somebody who's got a great story. Uh, tell your friends. Uh, tell, you, tell your family want to share as many stories as possible because, you know, different stories are going to impact different people, right? Depending on life circumstances. So Definitely. Everyone has their own story and everyone can relate to, to others as well and draw on that power of, of other people's um, overcoming hard things and trying hard things. <laughs> so for this next segment, I know it so- sounds like we're just talking about ourselves, which well, let's be honest. That's why we started this anyway. We just kind of want to talk about ourselves. Um, yep. For our next segment, let's uh, recap. Probably what what has been what has been the most rewarding. You okay there? You you got tested yet, Seth? Uh, no, but I've got this. No, <laughs> it's allergy season here. Especially you sure you don't have valley, any blisters so. on your toes that you need to check. No, so far so good. <laughs> I'm sure there's a podiatrist on call somewhere that you could call. <laughs> yeah, I'll have, to, I'll have to look that up. <laughs> um, uh, no, we, we wanted to talk about um, going back to hard things. Like we're always talking about hard things. Um, that's what she said, right? Um <laughs> So yeah, we want to talk about the most rewarding hard thing we've done, and this is this is related to endurance, right? We want to keep this endurance related. Yeah, endurance. We all yeah, have we can't, really yes. hard things we've done in life that are no, the hardest things we've done in life are probably not endurance related. Maybe they are, but um, so yeah, um, Seth's going to talk about his. I'll talk about mine, and uh, yeah, go ahead, Seth. All right, so. For the you know, for a while since been getting into marathons, I've always wanted to run the Boston Marathon. Um, it's a pretty iconic uh, race that we've talked about before, and I was able to qualify 
for it last, let's see, 2018, I would have ran it Monday, um, this coming Monday, but it's got postponed. So um, hopefully in September we'll be running it. Um, but yeah, that was my hard thing. Um, I mentioned earlier about the process that, you know, I was pretty dedicated to my training plan, um, doing some late night runs or early morning runs, trying to fit in wherever I could, even in lunch runs. Um, but I, I stayed consistent. Um, and that was, I think, the key for me. So going back to 2017, I had my first attempt. I ran a 311 or 312. Um, so I did not qualify during that time. Um, I took that race and kind of broke it down and noticed that mile 19, my hamstrings tightened up. So I, I took that as my weakness, um, worked on my hamstrings, worked on more uh, tempo runs. I got more specific as far as training wise and more, um, more dedicated, more focused. Um, and then the 2018 under the training plan, uh, made by Jared Ward, who actually coached me a little bit. Um, who, those of you who don't know Jared Ward, he is a Olympic marathon runner. He got sixth place, uh, last Olympics. Mm -hmm. He was known as the happiest sixth place finisher ever. <laughs> um, <laughs> he's just a great guy, very positive, And he was able to coach me and a couple other people during that, the St. George marathon buildup. Yeah. Sad to see he didn't, he didn't um, qualify this year. Yeah, he didn't. He was running so well too. And he just had a, another off day. And, That's and all it takes. It. Yeah. Um, but and then yeah so did he did he sorry to, did he did he work on your hamstrings a little bit <laughs> loosen no, them up for you a little workout bit techniques and yeah exactly <laughs> massage them no uh, he, he gave me some workouts to do to strengthen them up seth has a great uh, set of hamstrings let me tell you for those of you who haven't seen them yeah they're pretty nice yeah although they did Seize up again at mile 22, but I was able to work through them this time and nice. hold on for the last four miles to, nice. to qualify. Um, but yeah, to be honest, the, the three-hour marathon, I didn't really suffer as much as I thought I would. Um, and I think that's a, a tribute to the hard things I put in during training. The axe sharpening. Um, usually... Yeah, like we talked about before, yeah, it's it's the process that's the hard thing. It's the hard thing getting up early at 4 a.m. sometimes or starting at 10 o'clock at night to get in your run. And then the actual event or the actual um, circumstance we find ourselves in, sometimes that's the easy part. Although it wasn't easy, it wasn't as hard as I thought it would be. Yeah. Uh, so that was my... No, go ahead, finish. Go no, I mean, that was my hard thing. Um, learned a lot of good lessons. Um, and basically, you know, just like we've, we've reiterated, just perseverance, trusting the process and putting in the work to sharpen that ax and um, getting Jared Ward to really dig into those hammies too. Your reward. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Jared's going to hear this and be like, what is... <laughs> Yeah, 
Um, I love that though. When someone digs into my hammy, sorry to make this silly, but I, that's like my favorite when you get a good masseuse or sports, uh, sports, what do they call them? Sports massage therapist, I guess. Yeah. Really dig into those hammies, give a good release. Oh, it's nothing better. So that's your try hard. That That's your hardest thing. Most rewarding hard thing. It my most rewarding, yeah. So definitely. how did you how did you and feel was, I, I mean, when you crossed that line and you hit? If I'm if I'm not mistaken, you I mean you crossed the line at three flat, right? Not three point zero one, like three flat. Yeah. So at mile twenty two, my hamstrings tightened up, and I was it was kind of a downhill part, so that puts a lot of stress on the body, and so I kind of wa- I kind of ran just with my knees locked until they untightened. And the last three or four miles, I, I did pretty conservative running. Um, I, I kind of calculated in my mind, okay, what's going to take to get under three hours. And I thought I was, you know, a, a minute uh, on schedule to be at 2.59. Uh, however, some of the, the racing and the watches don't really sync up. So I ended up running 26.3 on my watch. Um, but anyways, I, yeah, I crossed the line. I looked at my watch and I, I hit my watch and it's two fifty nine fifty nine. And I was waiting for the results and they came back three hours, zero minutes and zero seconds. And what was that feeling like hitting the finish line and seeing that time? Oh, it was great. I mean, I was a little bummed that I would get under three hours, but then I thought, hey, I don't think I'd ever run a perfect three-hour marathon ever again. Um, yeah. <laughs> I, I I have another story behind that one second that we could get into at another time, but um, it was it was good. I still felt happy. Yeah. Well, great. Yeah, that's that's a good that's a good one. Um, I don't know that I'll ever be able to hit that mark um for sure so going to my most rewarding hard thing i think uh mine would be this this past season um seth and i kind of referenced this in our first episode when we talked about the half ironman distance which is the go back to that the 70.3 distance the 1.2 mile swim 56 mile bike half marathon 13.1 mile run um, so that's kind of our, our specialty, uh, for now that Seth and I like to compete in and, uh, kind of the big goal last year was, uh, we were kind of creeping slower and slower. Our, our times were coming down. We're getting closer to that five hour mark. And that's kind of a, I'd say that's kind of a, um, I don't know what the word is, but it's kind of a good, I think it's close. Go ahead. Yeah, I think it's close. I think it's right on the three-hour marathon mark. I mean, under five hours and a a half Ironman, you know, you're usually at the top um, 10%, maybe 15% of of people, right? Or more than that? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I'd say so. In that top 10 to 15% percentile for sure. So I think it's it's definitely similar to the uh, uh, sub-three marathon. Yeah, it's definitely... I guess it's it's kind of a benchmark or it's 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 a a cutoff that I think people look at as like okay 
you're arriving at that point. You haven't, I mean, you're not like a, a lead exactly. or anything, but um, it shows that right. you're, you're, you're pretty serious. Um, so, um, so yeah, that was a mark that uh, Seth and I both, I think kind of had um, as a big, big target for uh, 2019. And we did three, I think three half Ironmans that year. Um, did o- Ocean yeah, Oceanside yeah, in April, and I I came up just short. I think I was a five oh four or something like that, and Seth was pretty close too. Um, felt pretty good about that being the opening race of the season, but knew I still had a little a little more in me. And then we did St. George the next month, and. I don't think either of us were really prepared well for that. Didn't really recover well and <laughs> kind of had some yeah, interesting that... days leading up to the race, which I don't know if we want to go into that, but um... <laughs> <laughs> they might be listening. The, that that uh, surely didn't help um, our performance, but uh, we had a good time in St. George. I still got PRs for St. George, but not, not, not what we were hoping for. And then, um, we got to run together though, which was yeah. Nice. We got to hold hands across the finish line, which was cute. You brought me back from death. <laughs> uh, well, we can talk about that one on some other time. That was a good, good moment. Um, yeah. And then, uh, yeah, I had uh, Santa Rosa as my last one. Seth unfortunately wasn't able to come to that one, but uh, did that one in July in Santa Rosa, California, and so that was my kind of my last shot at going uh sub sub five hours and i wasn't really i don't know i wasn't like lacking confidence but i wasn't super optimistic going into it just because i wasn't sure about my fitness level and uh conditions wise it was pretty warm i didn't know the course at all it was my first time there it's always kind of hard when you don't really know especially the bike course and the run course what you're dealing with so um but I figured, you know, my last race this season, I'm just going to kind of go all out and and see what I got. And, uh, yeah, it turned out pretty good. Um, didn't have a great swim, um, but uh, had a really solid bike on what was, a, I think, a bike course that suited my, my strengths pretty well. And then uh, got on the run and felt pretty good and had – kind of similar to Seth you got the watch going and you kind of know where you're at I try not to pay attention to the watch too mm. much because it can be distracting and kind of play mind games with you but uh yeah was just paying attention at the end and came in um just under I think at 458 something was my time so that was a pretty special moment uh I'll never forget that um just you know seeing my wife at the finish line and I was pretty, pretty amped up, you know, I'm sure the spectators thought I was pretty, pretty crazy. I make some pretty, uh, pretty crazy entrances or a pretty crazy finishes, I guess I should say across the finish line. Wouldn't you agree, Seth? Oh, you mean you're dancing? Well, yeah, that, and even just, even just like the last <laughs> quarter mile, I can be pretty, um, pretty outrageous, gonna... just yelling and screaming and <laughs> trying to get people amped up. So. I'm going to have to post a picture of your finish line 
I'm sitting there uh, with my arms up and you're doing this dance. It's, yeah. It's pretty funny. That's kind of my signature is uh, ever since I started is just do something kind of silly, lighthearted dance across the finish line just because you've been racing all day. You've been training for months. I just figure, you know, to each their own. Everybody wants to cross the finish line a different way. Yeah. But uh, for me, it's it's a celebratory moment and uh, you might as well just kind of. It is you know, get your groove on. So it is. So go ahead. What was one of your hard things that you had to overcome during that time? So, yeah, well, I'll just finish just by saying, you know, what an amazing feeling that was across the finish line, embrace my wife and just, you just immediately, everything kind of comes back to you reflect like on the last few months and all the hard work and the training and it just makes it all worth it. And it's just such a great feeling to, to hit that mark. Um, but yeah, to answer your question, um, what was one of the hard things I overcame during that time leading up to that time? So, yeah, it could have been during the race or during the training or anything. Well, during the race, there's certainly multiple things. I mean, um, you know, no race ever, maybe there is a race that goes perfectly, but there's always seems to be something that, you know, is going to go wrong. Um. I mean, I can remember on this race, um, you've got this crazy uh, transition. I've never seen anything like it from the swim. You go up to the bike, you have to climb this basically mountain to get to your bike. Um, That was certainly a hard thing. And then they had changed up the transition area. You know, that's where you change from your get out of your wetsuit and get on your bike stuff, get on your bike. This new thing with the hanging bags. And I I think I, I tried to you know, take my bag before I was supposed to. And someone tried to stop me, I, you know, stuff like that. But, um, so little, little hiccups yeah. along the way I had a water bottle or my Gatorade bottle fly out right at the start of the bike on a big bump. Uh, so little things like that you have to overcome and kind of, um, adapt, right. We talked about adapting. Um, but I think leading up to it, um, you know, just typical, injuries and things like that. I've had a hamstring thing that been bugging me for a long time that I've had to deal with and uh, kind of just do a lot of treatment, get get a lot of that uh, deep tissue work we were talking about. Um, so yeah, that's, I mean, that's all I can think of. I don't know. Is there something you were looking for? Yeah. No. <laughs> no, no, that's, that's good. <laughs> that's good. Those dang hamstrings, man, they get both of us. Man, I know those hamstrings, they kill me. So, um, so yeah, those are our, our, our most rewarding hard things we've done. And hopefully, um, once we start getting out there and racing again, we'll have more, even more rewarding hard things, right? Oh yeah, definitely. So, so that's kind of going to bring us to the, towards the end of our episode two here, um, I guess looking forward, we just want to kind of outline what things are going to look like uh, the next few episodes. I know you're probably thinking, gosh, are these guys ever going to shut up? We're going to hear from someone else. They're just going to talk about themselves the whole time, talk about feet, talk about hamstrings. We could talk about feet. There's a lot to talk about. There are. We need to do a (laughs) foot-dedicated episode. 
I'm not sure how we would incorporate how to try how to try hard things with your feet. Yeah, yeah, that's a bit of a stretch. <laughs> um, so yeah, I think uh, in the next few episodes we're gonna have some guests. We got some people lined up. Um, some of the folks we spotlighted on Instagram, um, who I'm sure you're dying to hear from, and we just want to hear um, a little bit more about their stories, kind of a little more in depth, just, you know, on the Instagram, unfortunately there's limited space and we just get little quotes and blurbs. So we just want to know a little bit more about these people and a little bit more about their stories. Yeah. I think that'll be our main focus going forward. Um, Like you said, the outline, we'll probably have a quote um, of the episode, right? Every kind of talk about that. Um, then we'll probably spotlight one or two people, um, quick little spotlight shout out, and then have one person on to talk about their story more in depth. A lot of these stories that we've been receiving, uh, there's a lot that go into them. There's a lot of, of cool things that people have overcome that people have done to better themselves through endurance sports. And that's what kind of we want to share with more people. Yeah. Oh, and speaking of which, we didn't. We were going to do this. Uh, do you want to spotlight someone? Oh yeah. So, um, so let's, let's, let's conclude with uh, a spotlight here. So I'm going to spotlight my buddy, uh, Justin, uh, who I recently ran the St. George marathon where we both qualified for Boston. Um, I didn't know him before he was not a runner, but, um, and I don't have my phone with me. Um, but just, I'll give you a little bit of a history of him and what he mentioned in his Instagram. So, He's your typical, and I think a lot of people can relate to this. They're very active in high school. They um, do a lot of team sports. They're really good at team sports or even, you know, even individual sports, uh, running, tennis, stuff like that. And then they kind of fall off after college or after high school, and they get into you know, working and family, and which is all good things. I don't, don't get me wrong. <laughs> But they kind of fall off the health spectrum. Uh, they maybe get out once a week or once every other week to play basketball or pick up um, some type of sport. But so he was um, kind of fell into that slump where he wasn't really too active, started getting overweight, unhealthy. And he st- picked up running, picked up, uh, you know, I think it was a half marathon that really got him hooked. And he, since then, he's ran multiple marathons. I think he qualified for Boston five times. Um, we were going to run it again this year, hopefully in September. And uh, he's been a, a good training partner that I've had. We've trained a lot together, um, learned a lot from each other. And um, he's uh, committed to be on this podcast as well. So we'll have him coming up and talk more about his story in depth and and what he's had to overcome and different things he's had to do to get to where he's at today. Yeah, I was just reading his uh, his blurb here on our Instagram feed. Um, I guess he was saying he was five foot four and ninety four pounds um, in high school, right? Yeah, big guy. Yeah, yeah real big. <laughs> and then uh, he says got married in ninety seven, started family. He said by 2002, his weight was around 225 pounds. So that's a lot of, that's a lot of LBs um, for 
He's, he's, is he still only five foot four? No, he's oh, taller than Okay, now. I was gonna say. <laughs> I think that was his freshman year. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, but anyway, he says, "Oh, I guess he hit one seventy-five in high school." Is what he said. Uh, but yeah, and then he says, two thousand eight, yeah. his weight climbed all the way to two hundred forty-five pounds. So, um, and now he's probably down to I don't I don't know if he mentions that now, but looking at his pictures, he's probably back down to that one seventy-five or lower. Yeah, I think he's down around around that. Yep. But I'll just I'll just quote him here. This is what he says. He says, "As we, oh, I should do a little grammatical error. As we are trying hard things in our lives, we have the experience to transform ourselves. We can push boundaries that we are told are impossible or not worth pursuing." I am thankful to Seth for reaching out to me. Okay, never mind. We won't share that. <laughs> That's all about me. Come on. Yeah, I don't want that. Uh, no, but he says, uh, the story is still being written and I continue to find new ways to grow and push my limitations in all areas. I look forward to sharing more in the future. So thank you. Um, it's Justin, right? J.C. Harris 7. Is that his? Uh, yeah, Justin Harris. Yeah, J.C. Yeah. Harris 7, if you want to go out there and follow him. But he's going to instantly gain 10 million followers, but I'm sure he's okay with that. <laughs> yeah, no, he's a great guy, and I've learned a lot from him. And um, yeah, thank you, Justin, for sharing your story. And we look forward to talking to you more about it soon. Yeah, thanks, Justin. I don't know you, but I look forward to meeting you and getting out on a run with you, even though you'll smoke me. Yeah, he beats me too. <laughs> All right, well, that's going to wrap things up here. Um, we'll let Seth get back to his bunions and fungal nails and all that are you taking call right now no um i stay away from the hospital now okay keeping the family safe yep keeping family safe social distancing nice all right anything else to add before we sign off um no i think that's good um Look forward to more episodes and really breaking down these other stories and talking to to real people with with uh, some some good things coming up. Awesome. Well, thanks for tuning in, everybody. We're signing off here from THT headquarters, and we'll talk to you next time. Thanks. All right.